This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Molecule, the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. For $75 off your first order, visit molecule.com. That's M O L E K U L E.com. It's Molecule with a K. And enter the promo code FOOL. It's Wednesday, May 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analysts Ron Gross and Matt Argersinger. Guys, welcome. Hey, hey, hey Matt. Matt. How are you? How you feeling? Feeling great. Good. Matt, you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm trying to grow a beard, but yeah, I'm that scratchy. Good. Are you, you just saying that? Yeah. <laughs> that is so hurtful. Well, guys, later in the show, we're going to talk Starbucks. They are really ramping up in China, which I hear is a pretty big market. So, we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're also going to talk about some big earnings from China's largest social network and gaming company. But, Ron, I want to begin with something that we don't say every day. Good news from a traditional retailer. Shares of Macy's up more than 5% right now on better-than-expected earnings. Is the turnaround really happening? Well, well, well. Look who's not dead yet. That's <laughs> yet, you know. Yeah. Um, really interesting. I mean, you know, it's been an interesting six months for retail. I mean, if you listen to the show a year ago, and we were just we left retail for dead. You yes, know, it we shows did. what we know. Um, and there have certainly been some rebounds. Helped by tax cuts and bonuses and tax refunds and a strong economy and almost full unemployment, uh, so it has been interesting. Specific to Macy's, they have done what they needed to do, which is close a lot of stores, maybe around a hundred stores. Um, they cut thousands of jobs, which is painful, but you know, when business calls for it, sometimes that's what needs to be done. And it looks like they're reaping um, the benefits of that as well as as the good stuff that's going on in the economy right now. You know, the same store sales up 4.7 percent is a huge, huge number. Now, their friends and family promotion um, showed up in this quarter versus last year. It was it was in in a different quarter, so the comparisons are a little wonky for and lack what, of a better word. What is that? What is the friends and family? You promotion? know, it used to be that you literally had to know someone that worked at. One of these stores, and they could pass you along a discount. Nowadays, uh-huh. it's if you breathe, you get the friend and family <laughs> discount. No Oppo- kidding around. Opposable thumbs. So everyone yeah. is a friend. Everyone is a friend of <laughs> someone. Um, so it's just a big time. It's a big promotion. You know, like the the, the old Macy's one day sales. They, um, so that helped the fact that it was in this quarter versus a different quarter last time around. If you strip that out, you're probably somewhere under two percent on the same store sales. Um, growth basis, but still, for a company that has really struggled, that's still pretty darn good. Adjusted profits up 240 percent. Now again, from a very low base because the company was struggling, um, but still um, really nice to see. Uh, they have a lot of things in the works that they're they're kind of throwing some things you know at the wall and seeing what will stick. They've got their Macy's backstage concept, which is their discount concept. Every retailer has to have one nowadays, you know, like a Nordstrom Rack, for example. They actually bought a concept uh, store in New York City called Story, which is a, a store that revamps its inventory every four to eight weeks to try to keep it fresh. Um, that that would be some inventory management job. Um, their, their buyers, you know, have their work cut out for them. But interesting, they're trying a lot of different things. Uh, they need a new CFO. Their CFO is leaving. Let's get that in place um, so that they don't miss a beat um, with respect to that. But kudos to Macy's. I don't know if this carries through. 
but this is a really strong quarter. Okay, Matt, a lot there. What do you think? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's part of me thinks this is probably just, and I'm sure Ron will agree a little bit. This is just we, things got a little too pessimistic, yeah. and so if Macy's can have a little good news, or any of these traditional retailers can have a little good news, it's going to spike the stock. I have to look at Macy's though, and I say, you know, if you're an investor, and I see, you know, a, a PE of seven, um, you know, I don't know if that's a normalized number, but you know, and a dividend yield above five percent. Right. I mean, Ron, what do you think? I mean, is this? <laughs> I mean, do I look, should I look at this as like, hey, this is kind of a you know deep value type of opportunity here? Maybe this is this is an opportunity for investors. Yeah. So uh, they raise guidance. So on their going forward guidance, they're trading at eight and a half times. So measure that up against like a Nordstrom's that's around fifteen or a. Or a JC Penney or or a Kohl's that are you know twelve and seventeen respectively, um, actually reverse that's JC Penney seventeen Kohl's twelve times, I mean it certainly looks awfully cheap, um, and it is a turn continues to be a turnaround play. So it's not the kind of stock you probably want to buy and hold forever. It's the kind of stock that potentially could be mispriced. And when it becomes fairly priced, you would probably want to take your profits and, and, and go home. Okay, Ron, and you mentioned some other names there, including Nordstrom and Kohl's. We talk a lot about Amazon proof retailers or companies in general. When you look, when both of you guys look at traditional retailer, traditional retail, is there a company that you think is more Amazon proof? You know, we always talk about TJ Maxx um, as a company that really has a relationships with thousands of buyers, and and it provides a really strong value and a strong assortment to the customer. And so far, that has been Amazon proof. It doesn't mean it always will be, though. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be very hard because I think Amazon, especially when I think of a lot of these companies, I think of apparel. And Amazon is making such a big investment in that area, and you know, for a long time, I figured, are people really going to buy clothes online, shoes? I mean, and and sure enough, over the last ten years, that model has been proven. And so these businesses in particular, now I think something like a Macy's or Nordstrom feels like a a, a better, more polished brand than like your J.C. Penney's of the world, but or your Sears certainly of the world. Uh, at the same time, I you know, I, I like what Ron said. You know, there might be some value here. But you look to get out as soon as you think you have somewhat of a fair value on these businesses, because I don't see you. You cannot see the the outsized growth anymore for any of these brands. Okay, Ron, and as we wrap up here, I know from my boots on the ground research that in a previous life, as a younger man, where's this going? You worked. You worked at Macy's. True or false? <laughs> True or false? Yes. In, okay. I, what, I will admit. What were the highlights and lowlights of uh, Ron Gross's Macy career? The background is I was in high school. Okay. And Duly I worked noted. in the bath shop. So the bath shop for those <laughs> uninformed, <laughs> or, or the, the department where they sell bath towels primarily and like bathroom rugs and things like that. So I was terrible at this job. It mostly revolved around folding things. And why were you terrible? I'm not a good folder of things. And you and you weren't and you weren't passionate about <laughs> and, bath towels. And, and by the way, this is before the day of you know uh, barcodes and right. bar, those guns and scanners. So you had to key in every little okay. last thing manually at the register. If you made a mistake, you had to go back to the beginning. 
it was it was just a disaster. And for, you know, my one recommendation to those kids out there with a similar type of retail job is do not call out sick every other week because they just don't appreciate when you do that. Ah, okay. So you you kind of shirked your. your duties. I, I wasn't a strong employee. Okay, <laughs> duly noted. We like we like the honesty, yeah. guys. Let's turn our attention to Tencent. Tencent reporting better than expected earnings thanks to strong growth in its mobile games, mobile payments, and other digital content. Now, Matt. For those who may not be following this company, Tencent is China's largest social networking and gaming company. When we're talking Tencent, we're talking WeChat, which has more than a billion users. And oh yeah, Tencent now has a piece of the action in two of the biggest games in the smartphone world, um, PUBG and Fortnite. That's right. And so you mentioned you know biggest social network and video game company in China. Well, this is. This is one of the biggest social network and video game companies in the world. I mean, you mentioned the one billion. The first time WeChat, which is their big social network, uh, hit a billion active users this this most recent quarter. This is a five hundred billion dollar market cap company. Huge. It's one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, revenue up forty eight percent to eleven point seven billion in the quarter. Operating profits up fifty nine percent. To 4.9 billion. That's an operating operating margin of 42 percent. So that's they're in Facebook territory when it comes to the profitability of their of their company of their platform, uh, and it makes sense. I mean, they like you said, it's a social network, massive social network. They own some of the biggest video game properties in the world. We're talking League of Legends, Honor of Kings, and oh by the way, they own 40 percent of an American company called Epic Games, which happens to publish this game called Fortnite, and was started which, in Potomac, Maryland. That, by the way, that's right, that's right. Potomac Computer Systems or yeah, something. Like that, so uh, you know they they have their hands in some of the most popular intellectual property uh, in the world, really. Um, but if you look at the other parts of the business, so we talk a lot about their their social network and their video games, but video and music streaming up forty seven percent that that business advertising, which they really haven't tapped into. In fact, management has been really hesitant to uh, to show ads in in the those the, the news feeds quote of uh, of WeChat users, and yet that business is up fifty five percent. They they haven't really even tapped it. Um, but it really is the power of that network. You have a billion users, so anything anything Tencent can do, any game they launch, any video streaming service they launch, or, or new content they create, they can immediately distribute that seamlessly across mobile to over a billion users. So that is an incredibly powerful competitive advantage that Tencent has built over the last 20 years, and it's just really starting to shine now as a public company. So, Matt, I just quoted the stock, and I hear these heady numbers and all these untapped opportunities that they're just beginning to explore, especially with regard to China, and the stock is down slightly today. What gives there? I think well, there's there's I've seen this play out a little bit with a lot of these large Chinese companies lately, um, and I think it's you know it, there's whatever for whatever reason there's just a and Tencent in particular because it's not really it's it's not listed really it's it's listed on the pink sheets in the U.S. But these are all platforms that we know and hear about and we can invest in. But we don't really have an experience with them, and we're not comfortable with necessarily with the management of of Tencent or JD.com or Baidu or Alibaba. Just kind of go through the list, and I think there's a big there's a big catalyst though coming forward, which is the the Chinese government may soon, as early this summer, allow domestic Chinese investors to actually buy shares in these companies. Right now, they're not allowed to invest in these foreign listed companies, even though these are some of the biggest companies in China. So it's 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 as if if Amazon. We use Amazon in the states, but it was listed in China, and we weren't allowed to invest in it. Well, imagine that. Imagine what the valuation of Amazon would be if that was the case. So that's what Chinese investors face with something like Tencent. And so I think that is a catalyst, and it could be happening this summer where 
a lot of Chinese investors could suddenly be able to buy shares. That's going to create a huge amount of demand, I think. And so uh, that's one of the things I think that's waiting to happen before the valuation really goes up for a lot of these companies. Yeah, that's interesting because as a value guy, it has barely crossed my radar. But I still I do own shares of Facebook. I own shares of Google. Um, so I am willing to kind of kind of place my bets there. But Tencent being a Chinese company, I've always you know I remain wary of that kind of stuff uh, to my detriment. <laughs> it would appear um, because. Uh, they are taking taking it by by storm, and and this Fortnite thing is is a phenomenon that uh, I've never seen, at least in my house. It's incredible. I played my first game this weekend, um, and and I couldn't really figure out how to jump, and so my <laughs> you could my, dance. So too. my advice, yeah, no, I was so far from being able to dance. And what I realized is you really have to be able to jump because in I, real life, I, you I, mean? I kept well in real life, it's helpful, <laughs> but in Fortnite, I kept running into the same wall over and over, and then I just got mowed down by someone. And driving your son, I'm sure, crazy. Oh, he was. My son was trying to teach me, and it started out with like this will be exciting, and within a minute, he was like exasperated. It was the equivalent of like the 12 o'clock flashing on the VCR. I was that guy, right? I was running into a wall over and over. That's awesome. I couldn't jump. I mean. It, it, it's a much more complex game oh, than like sure. Pong. Like Pong, I remember <laughs> you, had to decide, right. like, you, just, oh, yeah. you had to like adjust your paddle size, and then <laughs> and then that progressed to Breakout. And the only thing with Breakout is you had to just keep your cool as you broke out. And so you, dom- you dominated those games. But when it comes I to something so like good. Fortnite, it's just there are all these variables. I mean, you've got to jump, you've got to move. Build. Building is the key. Like building. Yeah, building. If you build, yeah. If you're a strong builder, you can you can win. No, I was just running into a wall over and over. So I was but, just. You know, oh. These games are. This this whole genre, they're called battle royale games, where you know 100 people play at a time in a game of Fortnite. Brilliant. It's brilliant. And don't forget, Fortnite doesn't cost any money unless you want to upgrade your outfit. Skins, or, or, Ron, not outfit. Right, sorry, skins. skins right. Gosh, so you, so you, insulting. You you spend money on these <laughs> microtransactions that you know five dollars and ten dollars at a time actually turn into a real business. A hundred hundreds of million dollars worth of it business. is brilliant. It's fascinating. And you can play solo. You can play it in a pair. You can play on a team. Now they've got the Marvel tie-in with Thanos. I mean, oh my gosh! I yeah. mean, they're just printing money. Well, and I'm glad Ron just mentioned the the, the model because it, it really is a model that we you can you saw in nascent stages like 10 years ago with video yeah. games, but it was still you know 90% of the revenue for video games was still we're selling you the the, the disc. You know, we're saying you know, 50 bucks, and that's usually the only transaction that happens. And now you just layer in all those microtransactions. You know, and so it ends up people spend, you know, gamers spend hundreds of dollars on a single title over the course of playing the game, and I think that's that's why ten, that's why you look at Tencent it has operating margins of above forty percent. And just as an aside, what's amazing is you can't spend money on Fortnite, for example, to upgrade your weapon and give yourself an unfair advantage and like buy yourself a win. Right. It's literally just aesthetics. It just looks cooler. Yeah. And you're still, you know, kids out there are still will not just kids. <laughs> everyone is just still willing to spend those five dollars and ten dollars. So you're telling me kids like to look cool. Yeah. Well, the so. one tweak I'm going to make, based on my experience, is I, I want a seniors division where like 50 <laughs> and over compete in their own division, like golf, right? So then you have like a bunch of people running into walls together. I like that. Nice. I like that a lot. It's good money maker, guys. Well, before we talk about our final story, I want to thank Molecule for bringing you this episode of Market Foolery. Molecule is the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. And guys, Molecule has introduced 
produced a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Now, what that means is that Molecule makes a real difference for asthma and allergy sufferers by helping them better cope with their conditions and by significantly reducing their symptoms. Now, one customer has reportedly said that after using Molecule in her home, and this is a quote, that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in fifth years. No kidding. I could. I should get that. That is a long time. I would love to be. But she's, so she's been able to live the last fifteen years without breathing. I know. And, and now she can breathe. Yes, because of oh. molecule. And and on my way out of the office yesterday, I was talking to Chris Hill about the the show today, and and I was asking him about molecule. And he just went off. He Chris has wicked allergies, seasonal yeah, allergies. Me too. And he took molecule. We have a molecule device here. He took it home with him. He set it up. In the bedroom, he had an incredible night of sleep. Woke up just incredibly rested. So you know, if you like a good night's sleep, do you like a good night's sleep? I love a good night's sleep. Oh my gosh! So he was just raving about Molecule, and oh yeah, Molecule is easy to use. Has a clean and sleek design from the materials used on the device, like its sleek solid aluminum shell, to a filter subscription service where filters regularly arrive on your doorstep when you need them. So, guys, for $75 off your first order, visit Molecule.com and enter the promo code FOOL. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. Don't forget the K. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and promo code FOOL. And, guys, let's close with Starbucks, which is really ramping up in China Matt, these numbers are staggering. On Wednesday, Starbucks announcing plans to build nearly 3,000 new stores in mainland China over the next few years. For those of you scoring at home, that will mean that Starbucks will have around 6,000 stores by the end of 2022. What do you think? That's right. Well, credit to CNBC's Kate Rogers, who uh, was covering this conference that Starbucks did in China, this two-day investor conference. And yeah, I mean, this is one thing that the headline really is that Starbucks reiterated once again that their business in China is almost certainly going to eclipse their business in the U.S. in the future. There's just no doubt about it, um, and that's partly from what you said. They're going to have 6,000 stores by 2022. Right now, they have 3,300 locations uh, across 141 cities uh, in China. They're opening a new location. This is according to Kate. Every 15 hours wow. now in China, um, and so with with the new kind of numbers they've put out, um, I looked at my own. I would look back at my own model that I've done of Starbucks, uh, looking at store counts, and yeah, this is way ahead of where I thought they would be. Uh, by 2022. Um, so, you know, if you're a Starbucks shareholder, I think you've probably felt a little frustrated over the last several years. The stock's kind of stagnated. You know, um, comps, overall global comps have been, you know, low single digits, and, and the stock has really stuck, been stuck in place. But now I look at this and I say, well, Starbucks, it's trading for roughly 22 times forward earnings, 2% dividend yield, buying back a lot of stock. Um, you know, a business that should still be able to grow in the high single digits uh, sales, uh, especially as China becomes a greater proportion of the business. I think Starbucks looks pretty compelling right now. I mean, it's not going to be a barnstormer, but I think you can do pretty well buying uh, Starbucks today. And if you get the shares under 50, even better. Yeah, it, it, it was really surprising. So, shares of Starbucks down over the past year, but over the past five years, up around eighty percent. Right. So still, you know, it's it's still a long term story, and and so I think if you buy Starbucks today and you look forward to what this business could look like in five years in China and elsewhere, 
pretty pretty exciting. I confess, when I heard you say you did your model of Starbucks, I first envisioned you building a model <laughs> of like a Starbucks, Lego? Starbucks store. Yeah, and I'm like, that's kind of odd. And then I'm like, oh wait, you know, play it cool. He's talking financial model. Okay, I got it. I was a little worried there. I'm like, you know what? Put the model down. Just crunch the numbers. Nice. Okay, guys, my favorite closing desert island question. You're on a desert island for the next five years, and you can only hold one of these stocks that we've talked about: Macy's, Tencent, or Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's definitely not Macy's. <laughs> I think that's easy. Um, Tencent might put up better numbers, but I'm just not as comfortable with it. And Starbucks is just a solid, solid company that I can put in my portfolio and go to that desert island and not worry about it. So I'll go Starbucks. And not as comfortable for Tencent. Is that because of the management or the business model or both? It's. I'm just not as familiar with it. It's. It's a little bit um, more high growth, high flying than I'm typically. Um, Comfortable with, and and you add in the Chinese piece, and and that that, that pushes it over to Starbucks. Okay, Maddie. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with Ron. I mean, the numbers that Tencent is putting up are just staggering. Um, and but I, I I feel you know a little bit less comfortable about where I see the business in five years. I, mean, I think the business is going to be huge and it's growing in all these different areas. But I I, I want to see more of a focus on you know eventually what they can do with this huge WeChat platform and whether or not the Chinese government's ever going to step in and say, hey, you guys are a little too influential, especially as WeChat gets into financial transactions, which they already have the kind of the biggest payment one of the biggest payments platforms. And being able to spread that across a billion users, it, it almost makes you know, it makes Tencent that much more influential in China. So, if I'm going to sleep well at night and I think earn 10% a year, I'm going Starbucks. Okay. Well, there you have it. Matt, Ron, thanks for joining me. Thanks, thanks Mac. Mac. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.